Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marit Larwood. Hello, my name's Marit Larwood. You sounded a bit like a ghost, David, when you said that. Did I? Well, it's not Halloween yet, not for another week. But the way you said it, hello. Hello, my name is... No, I, yeah, no, I, I, I'd make a good ghost, I reckon. What do you I'm, mean, pale, pale? Well, you know, I just, you know, uh, got a good tombra. I could scare people, I reckon, or at least make them think I'm not talking guff. Do you know what I mean? Like, if a ghost is like, all right, I've got unfinished business, you wouldn't really, you go, go away. There aren't any ghosts like that. That'd be the worst ghost. One is annoying. <laughs> Merrick! Merrick! Oh. Don't go to sleep, Merrick! I've got... Oh, I was murdered so terribly, oh, Merrick! not again. You've got to avenge me, please! I think it'd be worse. It'd be if we were just gentle nagging. Uh, <laughs> about what, though? I don't know. I'm feeling... Are you not well? I have burst... I've torn one eardrum... Ooh. And I've got the ear infection in my other eardrum. You've actually torn an eardrum? What did you do? No, I don't know what I did. You, you've <laughs> stuck something in it? No, it's t- said the nurse said, I've been working very hard. I wasn't here last week. Apologies, because I did a role in a feature film called Two Hours, which I, a really low-budget feature film. I have no idea how it's going to turn out but I did mess around far too much and didn't get told off on set. And I thought, I went to see the nurse for this, uh, 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 the doctors, and she said, that's a very bad ear infection. And then my other ear, I've torn the eardrum, so that we'll recover. So I can't really hear anything. And, uh, on, and uh, I'm on antibiotics, and no one cares. For a start, no one cares. And I'm worried I've got a serious problem with my ear. That's the backstory. Okay. And now, so I mean, we're going to talk about films, but that's what's that that is, explains why I'm angry. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll try not to bait you then. Um, I'm having to use my left ear more. Speaking to you now. So that's the better one. Is that the torn one no, or the, the infected one? The torn one's are better than the infected one. That's how bad the infection Ooh, is. Oh dear. The nurse said I could see it throbbing. No. Yes. Actually, see it throbbing. Yes. Is it going to burst open with an, an alien going to come out? Like the thing. Ear beast. 
I want to see if horror film got ear beast. Ear beast, and they look like slightly like me. Yeah, that would be good. I got an ear infection once from uh, doing too much swimming. How long did it last for? Um, about a week. How long before the antibiotics kicked in? Uh, about a day. See, I've been taking antibiotics for two days, and mine's not getting better. Well, but it starts to itch before it gets better. Itch? Or, you know, it depends what it is, but yeah, yeah. Sort of be a bit gammy. Mine feels like someone stuck some hot jam in my ear. That's it, yeah, that's it. Oh, dear. But a bit of spider or some arseholes crawled up there. <laughs> Probably um, spider rather than some <laughs> arsehole. I bet it's that bloke Glenn from work. Fucking prick. I knew he was looking at my ears funny. <laughs> Next thing I know, he's fucking put down... He's, like, he's only died in my he's ear. Got a tent up in my ear. Sorry for swearing. It's all, uh, it's all right. Um, you've been to the cinema, haven't you, Mary? Yes, I did before I got ill. Right. I In the good old days. Yes. I went to go and see a film at the cinema. Hmm. It was... It's only bloody Shakespeare. Oh... I'm not a fan of Shakespeare. Are you not? Um, well, I, uh, I've a moderately educated man, David. Yeah. I've got an English degree. Yes. A two-one at that. Ah, so but you did all right. I have never read, or I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with a plot of, but I've never read Macbeth. Okay, I studied it at school. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I studied Hamlet. And amongst other things, yeah. that's one I really enjoyed. I did Hamlet as well, yeah. So when you see it, you know the things, you know what's going to come, and you know what it all means. They're really. two of the good ones. Yeah, I did also uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Boring. Yeah, I did that as well. Othello. And Twelfth Night. Stop I moaning. I did Twelfth Night. That's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit whimsical. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Macbeth well, is all right. I think it's really good. It's good. I've seen a good. I've seen some good Macbeths in my time on pla- plays. On plays. Yeah. On plays. On plays. On on the silver stage. I've seen uh, Anthony Sher do Macbeth. Yeah. He was the best Macbeth, I reckon. Mm. I saw Patrick Stewart do Macbeth. Mm. He was good until he did the fights, and yeah. then it was like old men dancing. Well, it sounds more like it. Old men dancing. Uh, no, it's a good one. It's a good, it's a good play, isn't it? Well, um, I've, I, ri- so I've written my own version for the radio. Have you? Yeah, yeah. What now? No, it's already been been and gone. It was called Macbeth Rebothered, and it was based on a truer historical account of the man rather than the rubbish Shakespeare made up. Well, it sounds like I'm talking to an expert. Well, here. slightly, slightly. Anyway, the film. I'm unfamiliar. For people who are not familiar with Shakespeare, you go, I w- went to watch it thinking, oh, I don't. No, if I really fancy this, but I've got to see a film and for this. Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard. Yes, two. As Mr. and Mrs. Macbeth. Yes. Um, is there anyone else good or notable David in David Thewlis. Is playing who? Duncan. Duncan, right. Sean really? Harris. Duncan? Yeah. Is David Thewlis old enough to play Duncan he looks these pretty days? He now, yeah. Wow. Um, Sean, Sean Harris. He's a guy who he's, plays all the bad guys. He's brilliant. I've, he's got a... Terrifying stare, Sean Harris. I yeah, reckon. Macduff. He's Macduff. Okay. Banquo. Banquo. Right. Who is Paddy Considine? Excellent choice. I'm a big fan of of Considine. Uh, this sounds good. It was 
and I don't and I had to sort of work out what the meaning was if you if you were seeing a Shakespeare play for the first time yes you don't know it oh of course you don't know it you don't know what you're sort of work, trying to translate do we need to meaning. tell the listeners a brief synopsis of Macbeth no because that's why I went I went in not knowing anything about okay. Macbeth and so I was trying to work out what the, the meaning you will never you know it's what did you take from it I thought it was absolutely fantastic I thought the play was fascinating, fast moving. There's no, I know had to cut it down a lot for. It is quite quick though. It's there's no fat. There's no on fat. Macbeth. There's a lot of fat on things like you know Julius Caesar or Henry the Fourth. Yeah. Whatever. But um, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Was, and Marion Cotillard were brilliant. Are they doing Scottish accents? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, she isn't really, but he is. I think because his accent work really wavers around the shop. It, it was more of um, a more sensitive version of Macbeth. Okay. The reason I know that is because I watched another Macbeth afterwards. The Polanski. Yeah, I was in. So uh, first of all, let's talk about this one. Yeah. Um, visually, it's directed by Justin Kurzel, who uh, what's he known for? What's he done? He before? has seen. He's done a film which I thought was amazing, called The Snowtown Murders, which is an Australian film. Okay. One of the bleakest films. <clears throat> There's two really bleak Australian films that came out. It came out in 2001. It's about this sort of I think, a family... Uh, uh, this bloke who falls in with the wrong... This kid falls in with the wrong crowd. It's really brutal, but brilliant. So, an unknown. But this, visually, <coughs> absolutely beautiful. It's all with that red and black, and the trees burning, and the and the, it, uh, they built this, apparently they built this. Um, I was speaking to Cameron on a film I did worked on it, so they built the whole town in the uh, that Macbeth lives in at the start. This sort of village. Where did they build it? it, it it's all where Scotland. Did they film it in Scotland? I don't know. It looked like it. Um, I thought visually stunning. Acting was great. The music was great. It was uh, absolutely beautiful. Um, fascinating it didn't feel slow or Shakespearean and <clears throat> I think along with it follows this is a contender for my film of the year brilliant yeah um, I love Fassbender he's you know, great born to play this part well it's funny I, I, I'll always talk about this briefly but I watched uh, recently uh, a film which is probably the last time Fassbender filmed uh, in Freezing Cold Scotland which was the Neil Marshall film the film that pretty much ended Neil Marshall's movie directing career which was Centurion yeah. where he plays a Roman running from his life from the Picts the Scottish in the Scottish Highlands and it, it's basically a film about him trying to get past Hadrian's Wall to get home mm. and uh, apparently it was so freezing cold like Noel Clark got frostbite and nearly lost a toe and Blimey. it was all absolutely horrific but it's a, it's a very odd film and very confused but Fassbender I find fascinating because sometimes he, he seems to be able to do any, any accent and voice and do all of that but then when he shouts it's always Irish there's always <laughs> there's always a line or two that yeah. just comes out Irish like Magneto in the uh, in X-Men First Class. The last thing he says is incredibly Irish. Um, I've got off him now. Oh, sorry. And you, it, were, you were saying he was in the, possibly the best film of the year only a moment ago. And then, but what clouded the film for me was yeah. that I... Uh, then I spoke to this lovely actress called Siobhan Redman and she said, oh, you must watch the uh, Polanski's version, the 1971 yes. version. 
Which is very different from what I've heard. I've not yeah, seen so this, this new is, one. This Polanski's one is... I mean, the thing that I didn't like about uh, this one was that some of the soliloquies felt a bit weird and saying, you know... Well, because it's a theatrical device. How did yes. they do it in um, in this one? Well, they did, did they just talk and sort of talking to themselves in the, the, in the, the space? The great thing that he did, which is that they basically just put some of them as voiceovers. That's in the Polanski one? Yeah. But in what did they do in this one? <clears> they one? said it out loud. Just said it out loud. Yeah. Right. So all the sort of inter- inner monologues that they say out loud, which almost... Is the one bit which makes you think this feels like a play, not a yeah, film, and yeah. you lose that realism there. The Polanski one I remember enjoying. It's got that very creepy. I remember the opening scene, and it doesn't a witch sort of flash him early on. It's almost the first yeah, thing that re- happens, and it's really strange. And uh, it, him doing the fair is foul and foul is fair or something is internal. Yeah, yeah. I Loads think. of it's internal. Yeah. There's a weird bit when he sees a dagger that drives him to go and kill Duncan what is this a dagger I see before yeah. me but yeah and it's a that's, that is a really bad bit special effects but I would highly recommend it is absolutely fascinating seeing Polanski and this Kurtzall director work with the same material mm. and come out with two starkly different films which are both brilliant and the Polanski one feels so 70s it's really brutal there's like nudity there's like arms getting hacked yeah, off yeah. really horrible violence whereas all the the violence in, in the modern but is more sort of artistic, yes. classy. It's like going around your classy, um, going to a wine bar or going to a real spit and sawdust pub. But the actors who plays Macbeth is played by John Finch, who is also brilliant in Friends in Hitchcock film, and Macbeth by Francesca Annis, who's who plays Lady Macbeth, who I think probably better than Marion Cotillard yeah and even I don't know if I prefer John Finch to Michael Fassbender wow so I, I, which film do you prefer though oddly it's that thing you instantly watched I came out of seeing Macbeth well, that was brilliant and I watched the other but if I really enjoyed the fact it was 70s-ish and it felt more rough and ready and more yeah, a, yeah. alive I don't know if I prefer the 1970s version. Lady Macbeth is a properly good part, isn't it? But she's absolutely brilliant. For it's sort of the centre of the play, really. Yeah, and she uh, and I suppose she's made less of... Marion Cotillard's less uh, forceful. Well, she sort of just prods him a bit and then goes mad. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to the... As in, she's basically pulling his strings utterly. Yes. Yeah. So the inter... There's think- another version that people can track down as well, probably worthy of mention. It's a far more traditional just filming of a play. Yeah. But the, I don't... In my memory, there isn't an audience. It's just done in a black space. And it's... Uh, Macbeth is Ian McKellen and Lady Macbeth is Judy Dench when they were a lot, lot younger. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's like from the 60s or something. Maybe the early 70s. But it's brilliant as well. You've got Ian McDermott playing Seward. So there's just the Emperor from Star Wars in the corner oh, with a right. very small part. And they're all the sort of cream of the crop RSC actors from that period yeah. in all of the roles. And it, it's brilliant as well. Well, I, I just think it's, a, it's odd how you know modern films, they remake Spider-Man every five years, yeah. the Origins thing, and they still feel exactly the same. Yeah. yeah here's two films... With exactly the same source material, yeah, totally different, yeah, totally different, and yet both brilliant, which says a lot for I think the plays. Oh, of course, it's brilliant. It's 
you know. It's endured, doesn't it? Yeah. It's the, of the course, test of, of time. course, the source material is brilliant, which really what helps anything. But I think the interpretations are. I think, I think people struggled to interpret it. It was one until I mean, who directed it? Was um, yeah, when Polanski did it. Before that, it was what's his name? Did it? Was it who was played all the old Shakespeare ones? Olivier, didn't Olivier, they? Lawrence Olivier. He was the first person to adapt Shakespeare successfully to film. Okay. I think he did... A oh, black and white one or he something. He did like Henry V. He did Henry V very successfully. That was successfully. a big one. And he did a Macbeth slightly less. Than he Hamlet must have done Hamlet. a Hamlet. He must he have done. He would have done. Yeah. His ego would have made him do that. I've seen Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, which is... Looked, most people cut Shakespeare for film and he managed to add, add new scenes. It's over four hours long. I saw the Mel Gibson one. That's good, I think. I thought it was all right. It's all right. Kenneth Branagh's is very good as well. Okay. It is very good. Um, but yeah, it's the, that Shakespearean adaptation for movies, it's often, it doesn't quite fit, but there are a couple of good ones. I, rem- I remember thinking, um, uh, oh God, what's it called? Um, Much Ado About Nothing is all right. That's another Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson in the romantic leads. And yeah. then it's got Denzel Washington and Keanu Reeves. And the weirdest comedy double act you will ever see, which is uh, Michael Keaton and Ben Elton as, wow. the, two, as the comedy double act. <laughs> it's very odd. Um, but Amelda Staunton's in that as well, and she's brilliant. All I would say is about this is, don't be put off going to cinema because it's Shakespeare. Yeah. And I felt, oh, it's going to be a real arduous experience I thoroughly enjoyed it and I think you should go and watch it how many Marricks nine well hey well there's there's Macbeth for you nine Marricks now how do they do can I just ask how they do the, the ghost at the banquet scene how um, do they just uh, him there him there bloodied and yeah right. it's slightly rotten right and same in the pre like Martin Shaw does it in there Martin Short Martin Shaw is in the Polanski one. Okay, I thought you were. I thought you meant Martin Short was doing some physical routine in the. No, okay. I didn't mean that. No, you didn't mean that. I bet we should, should go on to the letters now. All right. Well, yes, Macbeth is still in cinemas, we believe. So go see that. Um, who's written in? Uh, M- Mike. Mike. Day. Mike Day. What does Mike Day want? Well, you tell me. Okay. Uh, what does Mike Day... What accent does Mike Day want this read in? Well, you tell me. Does he not say? Can you, please, can you do, go for Nick Cage in full vampire's kiss mode, doing a Jamaican accent? Now, you've put a hat on a hat there, Mike Day. I mean, it's... Full, Nicholas Cage would be one thing. Jamaican accent would be another. Yeah, you, you can't. You've, you've got you, overexcited, Mike. You can't do that, Michael. <laughs> you can't do... Do you want to pick one? Jamaican or Nicholas Nicholas Cage. Cage. Nicholas Cage. Dear David Marrick, buddy, potential guest, potential Danielle and background police officers. Following the past few weeks, bashing of John Wick by yourselves and fan letters, I wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed it. Although it was a relatively paint-by-numbers action, I felt it had a lot more to offer than the regular box office golf the movie studios try to make relevant to all ages. 7.2 on IMDb and 85% on Rotten Tomatoes means that the general public must be fairly happy with it also, but each to their own and all that. 
Anyway, my question is this. Is there a film of films that you both massively disagree on? E.g. a film David loves but Marek hates and vice versa. I was also going to ask you if you played the IMDb game from the bottom... 100 movies on their site, although just looking now, I can't say I've heard of them. Even the worst ever film, Kartoffelsalat, according to their scores. Quite unbelievably, Pixels doesn't feature on the list. That film was so bad that you can actually see the regret in Adam Sandler's eyes as he chews through the turd-like dialogue. Thanks, and keep watching the films, Mike! Uh, so, two questions from Nicholas K slash Mike there. One, um, have we played the bottom 100 game? No. No, we have not, Mike. Uh, we could have a look at it now. But a bit of watching, it's just watching it's films, 100 absolutely rubbish films. Films with no money films. or support. Tax dodges, basically. The, the top 100 tax dodge films. But um, there's no point in doing that because they're not, even the films that are notoriously bad films yeah. are still better than that because they're funny. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if we look at it, Codename KOZ, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, Saving Christmas. Oh, God, no. I mean, this is just... They don't look like real real movies. Disaster Movie is the only one I've heard of so far. Do we the, both disagree on a film? Uh, well, probably a superhero film in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I don't think any of them are fantastic films. I think there's some good ones, like I enjoy Iron Man and Iron Man 3. Uh, uh, most of them are, are trousers. I enjoy them, but they are trousers. Um, you won't see them, though, now, either, so that's, that's hard to play. Is there a film that you love you think I'd hate? Um... You don't like action films very much either, no. though, do you? So um, uh, there's plenty. Have but you I, seen Have you seen uh, like The Raid or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I think The Raid's good because it's actually genuine action. Right. So thanks a lot, but I mean, we, stop trying to drive a wedge between us, Mike Day. Here's an email. Here's an email. <laughs> uh, it's we've got quite a few emails now. You can read this one. Stuart Baxter. Can you read out like a Welsh bloke with a cold? I'll just do my Rod Gilbert impression. I come more than me, alright. This is a little reference to some arseholes podcast. <laughs> I wrote him before regarding people who look like other people in movies, in particular Neil Tennant and Danny Houston in 30 Days of Night. It's been a while, but I subscribe every Friday. Anyway, I watched Catch Me Daddy the other night. A great movie. Which I recommend. I'm not so sure if it is the man flu. I have, ha- I have, sorry, or how out of the blue the violence was, but it gave me nightmares for two nights. Have you watched it? What are your thoughts on British realist movies like Eden Lake, Kill List, Dead Man's Shoes, etc.? Have any films kept you awake? Can you read this out like a Welsh bloke with a cold? Keep up the good work. Shoot back up. Uh, what was that film you mentioned that he said? Catch Me Daddy. Catch Me Daddy, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. I mean, that sounds like some awful Adam Sandler film, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Catch Me Daddy. Uh, Catch Me Daddy? That's I, a terrible title I for a film. I think this title may have killed it. Um, let's have a look. Catch Me Daddy, 2014. Layla, a girl on the run from her family, is hiding out in West Yorkshire with her drifter boyfriend, Aaron, when her brother arrives in town with a gang of thugs in tow. 
I mean, that sounds a lot better than Catch Me Daddy. Um, I've not seen it, but if you say it's very frightening, maybe worth a go. Um, I've not seen Eden Lake. I don't I want have. to. It's the one with Thomas Turgoose in a band of yous. Uh, it's sort of taunting a, a couple on a yes. lake holiday, isn't it? It sounds it, terrifying. It feels a bit like a rubbish version of one of the most... Aw- Wolf Creek, I think, is the most horrible, pointless, nasty film I've seen. Like that sort of, that sort of porn. What's it called? A violent porn. Uh, yeah, torture go- porn. Torture sort of porn. Yeah, touching around the fringes of that, which I think is something really sinister about that. Eli Roth. What's his name? He makes all the, all the uh, yeah, hostile films. Is that Eli Roth? I don't know. I've, I've not seen any I've of the hostile ones either. I find him slightly disturbing. I've watched all the Saw films because I find them actually quite camp, camp and silly. The but, Hostel yeah. 1 is all is quite good. Right. I started watching Hostel 2 and I found it. this is really, this has been quite weird and unpleasantly yeah, sick yeah. going. Some sort, of sex, some sort of sexual gratification with torture here I'm yeah. not entirely comfortable with. Dead Man's Shoes and Kill List, both I think brilliant. both brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Very different voices uh, than the usual fare you get of American movies or Brits trying to emulate American movies he, to be accessible. They're totally their own thing. Eden Lake is not in the same class as those. It's right. a sort of quite two-dimensional story where you feel it's elements of, sort of Texas Chainsaw, but not as violent because yeah. uh, they haven't got the budget for it. And I don't really ever feel that sort of empathy with the girl. Uh, it's not the same li- league as Kill List and even better, I think, Dead Man's Shoes. Paddy Constantine again. Oh, brilliant. I mean, we don't want to tell you anything about either film because their surprises are worth it. But if you've not seen either, Kill List, Ben Wheatley's film. Shane Meadows is. Um, Dead Man's Shoes. Paddy Constantine is spectacular. Oh, that. superb. Superb. Uh, and they are they are fairly violent, but um, well worth it. Uh, Daniel Ward nearly fainted in the cinema watching Kill List. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's odd because there's some graphic de- deaths of actors that I've met in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I did a parody musical version of Kill List for somebody. Uh, I didn't... I, I didn't end up... I wasn't available for the shoot, but it is my voice singing it. So if you look up Kill List the musical, <laughs> there's me singing You've it. You've done versions of every single bloody film we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah have I? Um, oh, well, yeah. yeah Beth well. have done as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Another letter? Hello. This is from Amy Byram. Hmm. Um, it's only a short one, so I'll quickly read it out, and then you can read another one about the same thing. Okay. Dear, oh, please read like an angry man about to cry like a little girl. Well, that's, I just use my own voice. <laughs> Dear Mar- Daily American Buddy, I watched Dear Zachary letter to his son about his father. I cried a lot. Marek mentioned in a previous podcast that he cries at movies. Did this documentary make him tear up? Yes. It did it. Uh, not as much so. F- actually, at the uh, at the very end. Yeah, I d- did, but not. Uh, and at some points, yeah, I'll always cry at some point. Um, dear Zachary, a letter to his a letter to a son about his father. Uh, we've mentioned in previous weeks. We said we'd talk about it because Marek saw it and was desperate to talk to me about it. I have now seen it. Um, we've got another letter about it, in fact, uh, as this film, people have been tracking it down. Um, this one is an ex-Geordie who has lost his accent, now living in Turkey. Just uh, do your voice. Uh, Geordie. But ex-Geordie, now living in Turkey. 
So it's just sort of gone and gone a bit. What's a Turkish accent? Just sort of your voice after you had a kebab. Geordie's had a kebab. Geordie's had a kebab. Oh, good. Good day, Marek. That's gone Welsh. Geordie. Good day, Marek. David and Buddy, an unlikely guest. I've been an uh, avid and long-time listener from day one of Film Fandango. Great recommendation from Dave Gorman and Danielle in the Absolute Radio days. I've always been keen to contribute to the podcast. They said I could never remember be asked to check whether the questions and topics that popped into my head had already been answered or discussed in previous podcasts, but I now feel it's time to make contact before it's too late. I was so happy to hear Marek bring up the masterpiece, which is Dear Zachary, in last week's podcast. I've gone Welsh again. It wasn't me, it was an email from Tokyo uh, Sex, Sex Whale. Whale. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in last week's podcast, is it is an unmissable documentary that all fandangoers should experience. That said, I urge you not to review it like other jaw-dropping documentaries searching for Sugar Man, a prime example. This has to be experienced with no prior knowledge of the subject. Please just convey to listeners to stick with the film through its crazy, fast-paced and jittering production to really reap the rewards. I have never seen a film that has broken me down so instantaneously and showed such an amount of perseverance of human character. Any more information about the film would detract from what is one... A one-off cinematic experience, not to be missed. On this topic, which other documentaries would you recommend but not want to review, apart from the aforementioned Searching for Sugar Man? Are there any more out there? Spring to mind. Keep up the cracking work, or we'll try and squeeze in a film Fandango live in either October or April, the two months of the year I'm in England. And keep watching the films. All the best, Tommy. So, uh, don't worry, Tommy, we're not going to review it. We absolutely agree. We discussed it before we turned on the recording apparatus. Um, This film is 100% better if you know nothing about it. All we can say is it's well worth you tracking down, and it is utterly free to watch on YouTube. Dear Zachary, spelt Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y. I think we often talk about how documentaries struggle after that initial story to find something that motivates them to continue because you haven't got that story on you're so used to Uh, because life life doesn't always give you an instant resolution so you have to stretch on and on I don't want to say anything but but this gives you basically about four or five moments if you put in a film you would think you're really overstepping the boundaries of... Um, but it's true. And yeah. and the, I've never seen a story about this um, in terms of what uh, its final beats are, you know. Track it down, people. Email us. Let us know what you think you thought of it. Um, you can reach us on dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Uh, we may put the link up on Facebook. We're not very good at that. But uh, you, or you can do it yourselves. Facebook.com forward slash film fandango, or you can tweet us anything you want to talk about. If you've discovered any films that you would like to share with everybody, then uh, you tweet us at film fandango, or at Mr. David Reed, or at Merritt Larwood. Um, so, uh, uh, and the other question was, what uh, other films do you recommend but not want to review? Uh, documentaries. The, uh, yeah, document the imposter. That is one you don't need to know anything about. But you must watch. 
Uh, yes, I mean any that are Oscar nominated, you tend to know what they're about because they, you know, they get hyped, don't they? But we come Marwin Cole. I knew nothing about when we when we watched that, and I thought yeah, that but was I mean, great. It doesn't spoil it, really, does it? No, not talks, really, um, not really. But it does keep opening up and opening up, doesn't it? That one where you don't know that the surprises to come after the initial setup. Yeah, right. So there's a few films I wanted to discuss uh, that I've seen and. I don't really want to review, but I want to let people know they are out there. I've talked about one of them at least before. Dirtbox Susan. Dirtbox Susan, um, I never get bored of talking about. I mean, what a surprise ending. What a surprise. The dirtbox within her all along. Um, <laughs> oh, Susan. The dirtbox is in you. Um, no, there's there's a few films made by people we know that are now... We, we've now got so old that we know successful people. Uh, we're getting to that stage anyway. Um, and there's a few films that are, have become available from people who have made movies. And uh, it's such an impressive feat. One of them, the first one I wanted to talk about, and I believe I've talked about before, is Convenience. Now, this is a film... Uh, which stars um, uh, Ray Panthaki, Adil Akhtar and Vicky McClure and is a British independent movie It's with a great setup. It's two guys who try to rob a petrol station, basically late night petrol station and uh, to get money from the safe and the safe is on a time lock um, but they've already beaten up and bound and gagged the owner and so in order to get the money out, they have to run the petrol station till 6am uh, when the safe will open and they can get it out. And it's all the stuff that happens. Good idea. And it's a it's a very funny film. Um, Adil Akhtar, you may know from Four Lions, he plays the particularly stupid one he's who also, thought he, he could disguise himself by covering his beard with his hands. You he's know in that River one? at the moment as well. Is he? Yeah, he's he a great actor. He's brilliant. He yeah. is so funny. Uh, but I think he's... Fun, he's given more to do in this than in Four Lions. Um, and Ray and, and Vicky are fantastic in it as well. And there's a lot of little cameos in it. Anthony Head is in it in a particularly dark role for him. Uh, Tom Bell and Tony Way uh, play two posh people in it. Tom Bell and Tony Way get everything. Uh, yeah, that's right, they do, yeah. I meant to say it in a nice way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but Convenience is uh, available in cinemas, but it's simultaneous release. So you can get it on iTunes or you can get it on Blinkbox or any of these things. And I would say it's well worth a look. It's a it's a, it's a really funny, fun film. Um, another one is, uh, which we've talked about before as well. Uh, in fact, I believe we had the writer star of it come in and talk about it. It's Superbob. Brett Goldstein came in to talk about it. Brett Goldstein, um, friend of the show. Uh, Brett Goldstein, he came in. You've seen it before as well, haven't you? I saw it. The very rare occasion I've been in the cinema where it's been completely packed at the London Comedy Festival, and there was a lot of it's quite a supportive crowd. And I watched it and I enjoyed it. It's yeah, it's good. It's good. I saw it this morning. Um, Catherine Watch. Tate's in it, and, and Nat Nat Tenner, who um, I think is brilliant and should be in more things. She is the uh, the cleaner in it, and it's quite a slow paced sort of film. Yeah, it's gentle. It's it's yeah. probably paced at its budget. To be honest, you know, it's about a superhero, but it, it's a, more about uh, you know people having a day off. Mm. <laughs> um, but 
Nat Tenner is in Game of Thrones, um, amongst other things. She was also in a tiny role playing Tonks in the Harry Potter films, if you know who that is. But And she is, as a young lady, the girl that thingy fancies in About a Boy in the school. Is that right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. She's grown up before our very eyes. Yeah, she's grown up much. Yeah. Big go now, yeah. Yeah, but no, that's that's uh, now in cinemas and also available on iTunes and all of this stuff. You can track that down. I enjoyed it. I thought it felt like it could have been a brilliant hour. Okay. Rather than a full feature film. Maybe they needed a bit more cash to have a few yeah, more superhero yeah. bits. But um, no, I th- it's, it's thoroughly friend- enjoyable. Friend of the show, James Branch, yes, plays the policeman in it with a, with a little cameo in it. Does he? Yeah. It's a. It's also got. Uh, it's also got Joe Wilkinson at, uh, at the beginning. All these people that none of you care about. We know the movie stars. Um, and then another film which I haven't seen but is on limited release at the moment, and it's been getting rave reviews and all the trailers are out, and it looks very exciting. Is the horror movie Nina Forever, which uh, is made by. Um, the Blaine brothers, um, who I know, and uh, that the premise is brilliant. It's about a man who is quite literally haunted by the uh, by the memory of his ex girlfriend. So he's trying to who died in an accident, I believe, and he's trying to move on from that relationship. But whenever he has sex with his new girlfriend his mutilated ex-girlfriend comes into the bed with them. Oh, and so it's a dark, dark horror. But uh, I, I want to go see it. I haven't found the, the chance yet, but all of my friends who've seen it says it's excellent. So track that down as well, Nina Forever. Cool. Well, that's about it, isn't it, for this week? Yeah, I think so. That's enough. Uh, next week we'll be back for a Halloween special. Keep watching, watching the, the films. films. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.